Hello. Whoa. Hello. Wow. Oh, mercy me. I know, really. That that was that 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 kicked the mic gain up way loud. <laughs> What's with all the shouting? Ah! <laughs> loud noises destroying me. Hi, it's the Saturday Friends Club. We're talking. Are are you still mega loud? Or no, no, no. You're fine. I just I have tinnitus in this ear, and now it's just a little activated. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Like, like the intro was loud, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then, like, I started talking, like, loud noises. Hi, what's going on? Like, shit. Oh, goddamn. Welcome to the show today. Yeah, let's just hyperactivate the show. Hi, it's Saturday Friends Club. What's going on? We we talk nostalgia, and we talk about the stuff that we've watched before, and stuff that we want you to see. You should see these things. They're good. Uh, we're 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 in like, okay. So two things. We're redeeming ourselves from three slash two episodes of really bad stuff like a few weeks ago <laughs> and now it's it's spooktember yay spooktember so it's time to to do get all of our october prep in october is the best time because it's like because it has like the best holiday ever uh, the, uh. the best two holidays halloween and Oktoberfest. <laughs> Crap, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if Oktoberfest counts as a holiday. It's my holiday. It's more like an event. I mean, it's, it's, uh, would you, I, it's like Warcraft. It counts as both an event and a holiday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Dark I mean, fair. <laughs> it is one of those, like, the fest beers are, like, my favorite thing. Like, if I could drink those every single, like, day, just like, no, 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 don't ever stop making these. These, oh, these, yeah. these are what my body needs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've been doing really good with my weight loss, so let's just blow that all out of the water. Oh, God, yeah. some Oktoberfest. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like, oh, okay, pretzels and sausage and beer? Yeah. Mm, soft pretzels, though. Oh, oh my God, yes. Oh, God, I'm taking you all to Spice Comma. Like, that's that's a great, great place to do, uh, tr like, real German food. Nice. Like, Ooh. real schnitzel. Like some spicy ground, ground mustard. Yes, Ooh. like like specific mustards for specific sausages. Yes, and oh my like, god, and, and specific mustards for your pretzels too, and spatzel. So much spatzel. Mm. Oh, so good. <laughs> that is why this is the best time of year. I mean, granted, you could have German it's food any time of the year. It's the most wonderful yeah. time of, of the year. <laughs> this is why it's the best time of exactly um i yeah. have an excuse to be extra weird uh i mean yeah that this kind Not of that i normally need an excuse no but... no it's you know it just comes in fits and spurts my weird it's always turned up to 11 as they say no it's good <laughs> well uh that's good to hear because you have a weird one for us this week kyle i do what do you have what did you bring i brought over the garden wall what the hell is that? I think uh, I mentioned before, it's kind of a allegory into like a near-death or afterlife experience. Okay. Uh, it's also about some basic adolescent issues as well. Um, but overall, it's, it's uh, kind of like a fun little art sort of cartoon short series. Uh, each, each part of it is 10 minutes long, all collecting into one whole collective story so i kind of count it as a movie of its own if you just watch them all together and it does it tends to be yeah. like an hour 40 minutes yeah yeah i want 10 episodes at 10 minutes so that's a uh, hundred minutes i guess and yeah it's like uh it's it's close to two hours but not quite um and all-star cast first of all holy crap this has an all-star cast 
Um, all of the characters are very well written, relatable. Uh, <laughs> it's got just the right amount of funny with just the right amount of drama. And it's very quirky. So it's like there are a lot of things about this. It reminds me of also like the transition between seasons, which is also kind of part of that whole allegory for the afterlife and death sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great transition between like uh, summer to fall to winter, basically, in a way. Uh, it covers like costumes and monsters and creatures, much like in the Halloween theme. And it even takes place at the start of like a uh, Halloween trick-or-treating night which they get into far later right right yeah yeah um the other thing we should mention is that we normally go like a, a pretty long time and i was like oh over the garden roll let's uh take a look and this is uh 2014 so yeah a long a long four years ago yeah i know i know i know it doesn't typically go with what Shame. we normally do but it, <laughs> it is in my opinion it is destined to be a classic already and it's something that i actually traditionally watch since i've seen it the first time i put it on every year for halloween um, pretty much all day. <laughs> so you can sit there in the like contemplating your life and like mm -hmm. the the what does it mean to be alive? While meanwhile somebody a kid is naming a frog another name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th that's a rock fact. Um, <laughs> a rock fact. <laughs> um, Sabrina had. I mean, I think neither of us had seen. Uh, we we'd we probably seen the short. We, yeah, we saw the, I guess, what was considered the promo for it. We watched that. The Tome is, of the Unknown. Is mm -hmm. that what it was called? Right. Where the one the, where they had the watermelon car? The watermelon car. Yeah. Which is completely, <laughs> like, I, I expected that to be somewhere in there, but as a totally separate thing. Yeah, because yeah. that was just the promo. I think that's what they submitted but that got this pick to yeah, be made yeah. into a series. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, like, it, it's kind of like if you ever saw those shorts for Adventure Time before it became Adventure Time. And those were shorts for Nickelodeon before it went to Cartoon Network. So, hmm. yeah, that was, wow. uh, that was definitely it's sort of like, this is my art style. This is like an idea for a story. And then, yeah, it got picked up by CN and, and made into this series. And Nickelodeon's just like, not close enough to SpongeBob. Got to get rid of this Adventure Time thing. Yeah. They made choices. Might not have been good ones. <laughs> no, I don't think Nickelodeon's made a good choice since they canned Invader Zim. And I didn't even like it. I don't Invader think they've Zim. made a good choice since they closed Nickelodeon Studios. Oh, that's so sad. If you see the building, it's very plain. It's just an office building now. It is. Aww. It's really sad. No gag fountain. No, no gag double. Fountain. Nope. No double dare. Nope. No family double dare. Even, <laughs> even though that was supposedly like the world's most disgusting place to be in. Yeah, apparently some kid also broke his neck doing that show. Ooh. There were definitely a lot of injuries in that show. And yeah, the the one where somebody, some kid did just fall off something. and He, his, he his, fell, his, he caught his head, broke his neck, he lived. But it was just like them rolling him out and he had a wobbly head that he couldn't move because it was broken. And, and his father was a lawyer. <laughs> Uh -huh. And essentially said, like, you're going to do this for us, and we won't sue you. And they were like, yes, sir. Yes, we will we do those things for you, sir. <laughs> that is without a doubt Ooh. guaranteed. Yeah. You won that game. <laughs> you won. <laughs> uh, yeah. But instead of Double Dare, we've got uh, Over the Garden Wall. So we hadn't seen it uh, beyond the, the beginning pieces. Um, so we're going to get into it. We're going to give you all the rock facts uh, All we're, of the rock facts. We are going to talk to little bluebirds. We're going to have fun with our uh, with our pumpkin friends and steal with some horses. And we're going to beware the uh, the beast. 
Yes. So uh, we will do that all over the garden wall. Led through the mist by the milk light of moon, all that was lost is revealed. Our long bygone burdens, mere echoes of the spring. But where have we come, and where shall we end? If dreams can't come true, then why not pretend how the gentle wind beckons through the I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Actually the whole soundtrack for the for that series is really, really good. If you just listen to it on its own. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, there's there's actually two soundtracks. Oh, that's right, isn't there? Yeah. Because there's this there's the the what what would you say? It's kind of like folksy, like it's that, it's that same kind of the piece that we just heard. Yeah. Um, because that's throughout just this this like real folksy. Uh, I, I don't even know. Like it's not bluegrass. It's just folksy. Yeah. It's it's folklore basically, yeah. or folk or folk music is is very close to what I would probably describe it. Yeah. It's a, it's, uh, it's music or song telling a story almost every single time and and every single. Piece throughout the series is still doing exactly that and and let's not also forget that there is as we said another cd which is all poetry that we'll get to oh, as part of the plot right. point yeah <laughs> so all right do you want to know over the garden wall over the garden wall is an american animated television miniseries created by patrick McHale for cartoon network the series centers on two half brothers that travel across a strange forest in order to find their way home encountering odd and wonderful things on their journey the show is based on McHale's animated short film, Tome of the Unknown, which was produced as part of Cartoon Network Studios' shorts development program. The show features Elijah Wood and Colin Dean as the protagonists, Wirt and Greg, and Melanie Malinsky as Bluebird named Beatrice. Over the Garden Wall was broadcast throughout the week of November 3rd to, no- to November 7th, 2014. Uh, it was the first miniseries for the network. Um, uh, and let's see, Mikhail first envisioned the show in 2004, pitched it to the network in 2006. After working on the marvelous misadventures of Flapjack and Adventure Time, the network expressed interest in Mikhail pitching a, pl- a pilot. <laughs> that sounds right. There's more details on the Wikipedia page. It goes into this. This appears to be a very lovingly. Uh, we we get Wikipedia pages of various like degrees of nobody cares about this to mm-hmm. people care about this and this appears to be one that is very lovingly crafted oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> this one <laughs> this one's well taken care of yeah this like i said this this has all of the makings to become an instant classic i think well can can we even first just talk about the the style of this cartoon and the animation it's very much based off of old timey cartoons. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, old timey cartoons and and like the the way that they actually did like their hatch work for their details and their watercolors even. And mm. I think it's mostly digital. Like I think I think the whole thing is digital, but it has that real media feel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. The, the closest equivalent that I think some people would would figure out is like a Cup Boy. 
except not yeah. as it doesn't have as many filters to make it like as aged as cup boy looks mm-hmm. and it feels like it's like cup boy is like 19 like 18 animation where i would say this is maybe like coming into the 1920s it's cleaned up a little bit yeah. more and mm-hmm. just kind of the way that things bounce but the the color scheme is totally like modern yeah. Yes, and it's actually very artistic. It's it, uh, the color scheme is consistent with the it, like any good direction. It's consistent with the mood of the, of the series and where that mood takes it as it goes. Mm-hmm. So, like you have the all the uh, the appropriate colors of like fear, uncertainty, despair, joy, bliss, and then dread, and uh, even the dream which we'll get to later but that's that's basically what i was saying like i loved about this and see i'm I'm going to be very curious to hear about these pieces because i said we watched it but i didn't get the allegory bit so i'm going to i'm actually going to enjoy learning about the the kind of additional piece to it yeah so and and you know i because i don't want to go too far forward and do spoilers right off the bat like i kind of point them out uh, as we come to particular scenes um, I didn't get that the first time I watched it either. I watched it once. I loved it so much. I watched it again, and I noticed several things throughout watching it. Hmm. That that's why I was just like, "Holy crap! This is a, such a great story." Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, well, uh, one thing I will say is that it's won four awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2015, the Rubin Award for TV Animation. Uh, 2015 Primetime Creative Arts Emmy for Outstanding Animation Program and Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation, uh, and the Ottawa International Animation Festival for Best Animated Feature. And it uh, the and it was nominated for a Teen Choice Award. Awesome, you know, <laughs> Nickelodeon. Of course, <laughs> wasn't even on their network. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I was nominated. It didn't win. SpongeBob uh, won again. Right, of course. Now SpongeBob will always win on Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the leak, ma'am? This <laughs> way. Uh, let's let's, let's not forget that in the 2000s, Family Guy won a lot for them. Actually, what what did I, I need to find out? Really. Really? Family Guy won in 2016 over Over the Garden Wall. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It, oh, g- good God. It won over Descendants, Wicked World, Gravity Falls, Over the Garden Wall, Steven Universe, and The Simpsons. Like, every middle finger on that decision. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I Seth MacFarlane has some good jokes every once in a while, but he doesn't. he's like hands-off on that show. Like, Matt Groening's off of The Simpsons. Uh, Family Guy has won six of these awards. No, Family Guy can just end already. Peter Griffin isn't as funny as he thinks he is. <laughs> Let's see. The Simpsons have won five. Oh SpongeBob has won once. And Miraculous Tales of Ladybug Bag- and Cat Noir has won once. Huh. So only one good show in there. Yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> SpongeBob's actually all right. Really, Family Guy and The Simpsons have just won it over and over and over. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard. They're two of the longest-running series at this point, too. Yeah, I'm sure more people over a larger age group watch those two shows over all the other shows in there. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Disappointed! Ah, yes. (laughs) Kevin Sorbo. (laughs) I'm getting Sorbo mad. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Sorbo matter or a sore boner, which one would you prefer? 
<laughs> Kevin Sorboner. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'll bet he got that all the time growing up. He's a, he's a goodly Christian man. Uh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's oh. disappointing. All right. Uh, that's not my... Whatever you choose to religiously be, yeah. I support you. Be what you really be all you can religiously be. Yeah, in in the religion. <laughs> all right, so um, I think in this particular let's let's go and go through the list of uh, of people that are a part of this because I said star studded cast um, and also kind of breaking down each episode. Uh, we'll get to the particular points that you were talking yeah. about. Uh, the first one is our favorite Hobbit, Elijah Wood, mm-hmm. uh, as Wirt. Uh, Colin Dean is Gregory slash Greg. Melanie Lekinski as Beatrice. Christopher Lloyd is the Woodsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Jones as Greg's Frog, and Samuel Ramey as the Beast. Yes, really, Samuel Ramey. That's awesome. There's, it, it, uh, I don't know if he's actually credited on here, but uh, John Cleese. John Cleese is Quincy Encott and Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry as Auntie Whispers. That was what? probably the best thing ever. Yeah, that was Auntie Whispers. Oh my god, I couldn't even tell. I know, but it's so good, oh, right? Oh wow! So I'm going to go through just a bunch of these names, and I don't know how many of these we will pick up on, but I'll just <laughs> go through. Uh, in, in, woo, Emily Bundage, uh, Mark Bonner, John Cleese, Tim Curry, uh, Noreen Deruf. Uh, Frank Fairfield, Chris Isaac, mm-hmm. whose name seems familiar, Shirley Jones, uh, Thomas Lennon, Sam Marin, uh, Babe Newerth, Jaron Blindboy Paxton, Cole Sanchez, Sharon Thompson, Fred Stoller, Deborah Vaught, and Audrey Waleski. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see. So let's just go ahead and hit the uh, the individual miniseries. I said ten parts. Um, and we'll just hit these, starting at the old mi- grist mill. Wirt and Greg, along with the frog that Greg attempts to rename, are lost in the forest and is met by a talking bluebird and later the woodsman. They're informed of the old woodsman that they are lost to the unknown and warns them of the beast. Uh, taking them to his old mill, Wirt and Greg decide to stay for the night, but problems arise when Greg leaves a trail of candy, which a wolf, which they mistakenly believe is the beast, follows them. Greg knocks out the woodsman, and the two brothers run from the wolf, resulting in the destruction of the mill and the wolf being squeezed in return to its original form, a dog. Yeah, yeah. The woodsman, angry at their actions but still forgiving, tells them to follow the path but warns them to beware the beast. Beware the beast! As he and his two brothers go their different ways. Uh, the brothers keep on rambling as they walk through the woods as a bluebird watches them in the trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at you expectingly. Expectingly. No, this so this is just kind of like the setup in general anyway. Um actually uh it, it's one of those things that you kind of pick up on like once you go through the second time around, but it's just like uh so you've got the woodsman telling them to do one thing and uh the bluebird telling them to do another and in a, in a way that's almost like a a uh angel versus the devil kind of decision like your conscience in a way. Um one of them will lead to hope, and one of them will lead to despair. Although you're not entirely sure which is which at the at this point, but mm-hmm. it, that's just kind of like how it starts off in the story. It's just like, okay, well, you've got two choices at this point. You can go, I guess, I want to say like towards the light or away from the light, and, and that's the, and their choice is like really neither. It, it, they they kind of they they're uncertain. 
It, mm-hmm. it, it, that's kind of like what limbo is in a way, which I kind of feel like that's what the unknown is, kind of like the place of of choosing uncertainty. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because the the woodsman's like, just stay with me, it's safer. And essentially, the blue bird is like, heck no, come on, let's go see Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, let's go this way instead. This way's better. So it's just like, which it, it choose your own adventure at this point. <laughs> Uh, Beatrice, um, the talking bluebird, joins the brothers and their frog after uh, they help her out of a bush. The trio arrive in a strange town, Pottsfield, that appears to be deserted. They find that the town is holding their annual harvest festival in a barn, which is disrupted, uh, which is disrupted by their arrival. The residents, who seem to be living pumpkins, sentence the trio, the trio to a few hours of manual labor. After being freed, the brothers decide to follow Beatrice to a woman named Adelaide, who she claims can help them home. This co- this doesn't cover a lot of the weirdness of no. this episode. No, but but I'll, I'll go into it a little go. bit, actually, because, like, I, 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 again, I love this so much. So one of the great things that I liked about when they come to Pottsfield in general is, like, it seems to be, like, an abandoned kind of town. You're getting kind of, like, a village kind of feel from it. Uh, any of those cult classic horror movies where it's just, like, uh, it's a whole village of people who know each other, and they've got some kind of a weird cult following thing going on. And it kind of gives that vibe. Um, but my favorite line is when they first get into the barn, and they're uh, interacting with all the people dressed up as pumpkins and their pumpkin costumes, and they're all doing their little dance and festival thing, right? And uh, Wirt runs into a woman who says, you're not supposed to be here yet, are you? Or something to that degree. Uh so you're not supposed to be here yet. That's mm-hmm. kind of the thing that really stuck out to me uh, again, watching it the second time through. It does. Cause now I understand what she meant. Right. Yeah. Because you get later on uh spoiler alert. They, those few hours of manual labor involve harvesting pumpkins for more people to wear their costumes, shucking corn again for more people to wear more costumes and then digging up the life of the party, you know, when they're digging holes in the field. Which they think, for after a while, is them digging their own graves. Correct. Which, in a sense, again, this is like what I say, like an allegory for death. Um, but no, they just dig up a couple of skeletons and watch as the skeletons dress themselves up as, uh, you know, as pumpkin people. To which work comes to a realization that they're all skeletons. And with uh, the first girl at the barn saying, you're not supposed to be here yet, it's because they're not quite dead yet. Mm. So they don't quite belong at Pottsville. And that's why the dead don't want to leave Pottsville is because it's home to them. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is something uh, that you get when you watch through the series twice, which I hope you guys will even after after we've talked about it, because it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, School Town Follies, Episode 3, Wirt and Beatrice come across a school full of animal students being taught by a human teacher, Miss Langtree. She mistakes them for students and tells them to join the class, which Wirt does. Meanwhile, Greg and some of his newfound animal friends are chased by a gorilla as they hide in school. Greg cheers everyone up by adding molasses to the potatoes that they are having for lunch. The next day, a benefit concert or... <laughs> it's so weird. If you can't see, put on your glasses. They're fluffy and soft, just like puppies and socks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Potatoes and molasses is the weirdest combination. There is a potatoes and molasses challenge on YouTube. Oh, oh my god. god. It is, by the way. 
Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Oh my god. Molasses is just like tar sugar. It's sugar tar. It's burnt sugar tar is yeah. basically what it is. And yep. and potatoes are just like mushy starch. So yep. like you're just eating starchy sugar tar. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you're a possum, a deer, a cat, or a doe, then that's all the rage for you. <laughs> so the next day, benefit concert organized for the school, which earns enough money to keep it open, where it trips over the grill, revealing it was Mrs. Langtree's missing fiance, Jimmy Brown, stuck in the costume. Uh, or Deputy Dangle from Reno 911. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I could not believe it was him, and, so, and even when the the mask came off and just revealed his his dopey looking face, it's like it even looks like Dangle from Reno. Oh, somehow got stuck in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. So, um, so I, what about the? Is there something extra to that beyond the potatoes and molasses, which is just like the bizarre? <laughs> Like, it, this one's just a bizarre episode. Yeah. So, and yeah, and actually, um, but this links up with the, the later part of the story, believe it or not. Um, they go to a school. There's music involved. And then, like, there's, like, a celebration afterwards. And then in one of the later episodes, if you recall, uh, there's, there's word and a, a particular tape and a party and all this other stuff that happens later on. Um, <laughs> and, and too old cat. <laughs> God. Uh, no, this I want to play old. too old cat. <laughs> We're looking for old cats. Oh, that cat's too old. Yeah, that cat is too old. <laughs> but yeah, so honestly, this, this episode in particular, uh, it actually ties into a later episode, which is why I think that they're they're related. Okay. So I'll get into that when we get to that episode. Songs of the Dark Lantern. Wirt and Greg visit a tavern to ask for direction to Adelaide's house. The tavern people warn the brothers about the beast and reveal that the creature turns people into trees for oil to burn in his lantern. Wirt steal uh let's see what's something here. Wirt steals a talking horse named Fred and finds Beatrice unconscious next to the woodsman and Wirt and Greg ride off with her. Meanwhile the beast reminds the woodsman that the flame inside of his lantern contains his daughter's soul and he must cut down Elzewood trees so the fire can keep her alive. Mm-hmm Actually, this is the episode, too, where you actually get uh, first-hand, like, dialogue with the Beast as mm -hmm. well. Um, and I guess another part of it that I really liked was, <laughs> so arriving to this tavern uh, on the cart, <laughs> the Beast is upon us, and they're all really hungry. That also seems to be the driving factor. I just want to say, never before have I ever wanted banana nut duck bread until I heard Greg say it. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Um, now, I actually kind of felt like this was a, a, a point of uh, the series where it was kind of like Wirt's self-reflection on what exactly it was that he was doing and who exactly he is. Because they're all asking him who he is. Yeah. That, that's... Like, like the who are you? And I'm like, that's that's an important question, I guess, that you might ask yourself at the end of your, uh, you know, your journey, as it were. But even in the middle, it's it's something that you might ask of yourself as a protagonist in your own story. So yeah. I felt like they were really kind of driving that with, like, helping Wirt to figure out who he was and what it was exactly he was after. 
Yeah, and he he you know he would state all these things of like, oh well, this is what they're doing. Yeah, and they would just kind of keep pushing back and like, yeah, but what are you? Yeah, yeah. And you know, fine. I I don't want to spoil this particular piece, but he kind of like they kind of come to the realization of what he is, and he's like, huh, yeah, yeah, I kind of am that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like they help him figure himself out in that moment. So episode five, Mad Love. Uh, Wirt and Greg, Greg claim to be the nephews of a wealthy and eccentric Quincy Eldicott, so they can steal two cents from him to pay for a ferry that will cross the river. Uh, in order to distract him, Greg's, uh, Greg, Greg's frog, and Greg, uh, Fred, sorry, Fred the talking horse, uh, convince Quincy to search for a ghost he supposedly saw one night. Beatrice re- reveals to Wirt that she was once human, but she and her family were a cursed to be bluebirds. Uh, she explains that Adelaide is the only one who can change them back. Wirt reveals that he has a crush on a girl back home named Sarah. The groups reunite and discover that the ghost was in fact Quincy's neighbor and their two mansions were actually connected uh, because their mansions were just so large. Uh, and the two embrace each other and award Greg a cent each for his help. Mm-hmm. To which gets tossed into the pond. Because <laughs> I got no sense. Monkey <laughs> Endicott had me all wrong. <laughs> oh, uh, my I God. I did love this. No, actually, I think my favorite part of this was Quincy Endicott. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and the. I might actually be mad. The, yeah, yeah, don't be mad. <laughs> no, actually, that was kind of like my favorite thing about it is it's that. Uh, it's that point of uncertainty, I guess, in the entire episode or in the entire story. It's like, is this like, guy going to totally lose his lid? Yeah, yeah. It's like, is he is he actually completely batshit, or is or is he onto something here? So I I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like this one because it was more of a backstory opportunity for uh, Beatrice, whom we had none, and and more of a dive into who Wirt really was. As we were getting into the story, because this is, I think, midway through through the series. Oh, now. yeah. Episode five. We yeah. are halfway through. Yeah. So aside from no real character development up until this point, you're just kind of gung-ho at the story. We're actually getting some information here. Yeah. I'm starting yeah. to understand a little bit about what's going on. Um, yeah. There were a lot of, like, fun things. And <laughs> the talking. I'm trying to remember <laughs> what exactly the talking horse did, but he was constantly <laughs> just kind of like. Know. He said, he said, it's like, it's like. Wait, we just need to borrow two cents? I was thinking more of flat out stealing from him. There's <laughs> like something about the horse, like, oh, Fred's a talking horse. He can do whatever he wants. And then he just says, I want to steal. <laughs> uh, oh, I also enjoyed it in the previous episode where I forget if it was Word or somebody was like sitting there talking to the horse for like an extended period of time. Beatrice. Beatrice, Beatrice was just talking, yeah. and then like later when they're leaving, it's just like, oh yeah, this is Fred. He's a talking horse. Hi there, and she's just like, wait, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. Are you wearing lipstick? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next is uh, episode six, Lullaby in Frogland. Wirt, Greg, Beatrice, and Greg's frog sneak aboard a ferry. Oh, I love this episode. Um, <laughs> oh, we also. Uh, there, there is also something, the fact that they need two coins for the ferry. Mm-hmm. That was, that is, you know, wasn't it usually the you need two coins to cross the river sticks? Yeah. Yeah. So a, another like little allegory for yeah, death there. They're, they're starting to become a little more obvious yeah. at this point, which I also really like. Uh, so they sneak aboard the ferry, which is filled with clothed frogs. They disguise themselves as a member of the ferry's band, which soon starts to perform with Wirt reluctantly playing a bassoon. 
Uh, Greg's frog unexpectedly starts to sing. When they arrive to their destination, Beatrice, who's been acting strangely throughout the ferry ride, tries to convince them to stay in the unknown and not visit Adelaide. That night, Beatrice flies away and is unknowingly followed by Wirt and Greg to Adelaide's house. Beatrice had originally planned to give them both to Adelaide as slaves in exchange for a pair of scissors that would lift the curse off herself and her family. In the but, most brutal way possible, if I yeah. point out. <laughs> yeah, a pair of scissors. Cut. Yeah. Um, but she had a change of heart as she grew attached to the brothers. Adelaide attempts to capture Wirt and Greg, but is killed by Beatrice by opening a window. <laughs> the best. Uh, Beatrice attempts to explain the situation, but Word is hurt by her betrayal and runs away with Greg. Mm-hmm. So a lot more character building. Also funny that the frogs were making this great pilgrimage just so that they could go lay in the mud. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> frogs do, I guess, when they, ha- they they lay in the mud and then they freeze. Yeah. And then they thaw in the spring. So really, really interesting development there. <laughs> oh, and, and uh, George Washington finally getting some socks. Yeah. Yeah. He was so happy. Uh, I also like that uh, Adelaide of the Pasture uh, was a, a effectively a Black Widow. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but in the in the scene where they're actually moving about, uh, when she's still in bed at least, and they walk in the door, and then she just pulls on her strings, and then like all of her, the yarn in her place just tangles the boys up. But when she actually gets up out of the bed to chase Beatrice to close the window, she has the red hourglass on the back of her coat. Oh. So she's effectively, uh, she's not just looking for a servant, but she's, you know, looking for uh, something eventually to, you know, to murder late. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number seven, the ring of the bell. Greg Wirt and Greg's frog encounter the woodsman who warns them that the beast is ready to claim them. Uh, they run from the woodsman and come across a lonely cottage, which uh, they come across a young girl named Lorna, uh, who warns them to hide as her caregiver, Auntie Whispers, is coming. Auntie Whispers uses a bell that can control Lorna. Uh, with its ringing, Auntie Whispers reminds Lorna that she uh, makes her constantly work so that she won't become wicked. The brothers help Lorna to escape by helping her finish her housework early. But before they leave, Greg and his frog accidentally awaken Auntie Whispers, who warns them to stay away from Lorna or they will be eaten. Lorna suddenly transforms into a horrific demon. Greg shakes his frog, who has eaten Auntie Whispers' bell, and work commands the demon to leave Lorna's body and never return. (laughs) Lorna decides to stay with Auntie Whispers. After leaving Lorna and Auntie Whispers' work, begins to lose hope of ever leaving the unknown, which pleases the beast who is watching from afar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one. And yeah, Lorna's demon is legit intimidating when it finally it is appears. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I have a hard time kind of like pinning down how this one kind of relates to the whole story, but it's still just a, a really good spot. Um, and it's deceptive too, because you're not expecting Lorna to be the one, uh, that, you know, we should be suspect of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because she's so like mild mannered. Yeah. And, you and, know. and auntie, auntie whispers is this like hulking beast of a woman, uh, who looks moderately terrifying, black teeth and all. Uh, and this is the one voiced by Tim Curry. So I almost said Tim Carey. Tim Curry. <laughs> Tim, Curry. <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> uh, 
I didn't hear any. Oh, oh, oh. So thank God. Uh, no, but I love this because I didn't realize that it was Tim Curry until uh, we actually looked up the cast from IMDb. Um, and apparently this is one of the first few roles he did after he had a stroke, which mm-hmm. I did not even know about. Yeah. Um, so after he did a stroke, he just or did a stroke. After he had a stroke, he basically. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do a stroke. To, yeah, I'm going to do me a stroke. Uh, but yeah, just like after after that, he still found a way to keep doing, I guess, what he loves doing, which is the craft of acting, mm-hmm. but voice acting. And this was a, a really good character for him. And he actually has a surprisingly charming voice for an old haggard woman, I will have to say. <laughs> yeah, because I can imagine he's probably still having has a hard time like talking the way he did before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess supposedly he's making he's been making appearances at like conventions and stuff again. So yeah, he's, he's he's on the mend. He's yeah, on the mend. You can recover from a stroke, but there's some things that can be permanent. I just yeah. know that for a while he wasn't doing too good there. But yeah. love Tim Curry, always oh, yeah. will. Yeah, always love Tim Curry. So he's a magic man. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Then we move on to Babes in the Wood. Uh, the brothers and Greg's uh, frog sail down a lake. Uh, where they hear the beast singing and Greg remains hopeful while Wirt has given up. They reach land and sleep under a tree for the night. Greg has a dream of an angelic cloud city where he's welcomed by the residents. The festivities are cut short when the north wind is released and starts to destroy the city, but Greg manages to defeat it. The queen of the clouds appears to Greg, allowing him one wish as a reward. He wishes to find his way home, but the queen informs him that he cannot return home with Wirt, as the beast has already claimed Wirt, who is covered in Eldenwood's branches. Greg instead wishes to take Wirt's place and leaves with the beast. Uh, Wirt awakens and chases after them, but falls through ice and nearly drowns before being saved by the uh, by a fishing net by the fishing fr- uh, fish. <laughs> by the fishing <laughs> fish. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> the fish that is fishing. The fish that is fishing, yeah. yes. I also like the fact that they were uh, cruising down the lake in a floating outhouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where it came from, who knows? <laughs> um... All right, and the next is that two ep- allegory for up shit creek without a paddle? Maybe, maybe. did they have a paddle? See, I don't think they did. <laughs> maybe. Um, and let's see. So the next two are particularly lengthy discussions because we're really starting to get down into like the the details of the plot and the allegory and everything that's playing to. Um, I'm almost wondering if we should go through all of the. What do? You, how do you feel? So, I mean, it, up to you, because, uh, I mean, I could talk, I literally could talk about this series all day. I love this series so much. And, yeah, we are getting into the actual, the meaty part of it, where it all actually starts to uh, come together and kind of bring all the things that you'd seen before kind of start to make more sense. I would almost say, since a lot of this story tends to be about the resolution mm-hmm. and, like, how this plays out to the other things, I almost don't want to spoil it. Uh, we 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 could do it completely spoiler free. I mean, like uh, I, I'll let you take the reins on that because I might say something that is okay. Well, say what say what you feel you want to say about um, the resolution or the. Pe- I mean, this is essentially your show to spoil for or sure, not, sh- for sure. not spoil. No, 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 no. Uh, I so I mean, we kind of get into in the next couple of episodes here. Uh, basically, what ends up happening is we get an actual glimpse into a life of what Wirt and Craig were, like, talking about 
uh, through the whole the whole of the series in little bits and pieces, like everything comes together in one one or two actual episodes. Yeah. What, what they're up. what they're trying to get back to right. uh, the reason that they are dressed the way that they are, right? Because you know they are kind of oddly dressed with you know Bert having a cone on his head and you know a Greg having a teapot on his head yes yes you know throughout the entire series so it actually explains like why does this kid have a teapot on his head (laughs) and it's all for a good reason um so yeah the last two episodes just kind of like come to that conclusion and and their actual departure from the unknown which i will i will not say uh how that happens um but their their actual departure from the unknown is 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 effectively like figuring out exactly what their situation is and then just kind of like bringing all of these these memories back with them where they where they come to and uh, it's it's kind of hard for me i don't know if i could say anything else without actually really spoiling it and i don't want to do that because i kind of really do want people to just check this out yeah i think this is something like we do tend to to go through and spoil complete pieces of this, but I think that this is something that we all agree is one of those, like, we've already said so much about the stuff that's already in it mm-hmm. that I think we all agree that this is a fun enough ride that we don't want to spoil the actual ending if if what we have said thus far has actually been interesting. Yeah. Well, It's also very new. I, I do want to say the ending definitely gave me Wizard of Oz vibes. Oh yeah! Oh, you know. totally! No, no, no! Yeah. That's, that's yeah. That that is accurate. Yes. I was like, oh my god, it all makes sense it, now. If you think about it in a weird, twisted way, it's like Dante's Inferno meets The Wizard of Oz. Yes. In a weird way, but in a good weird way. Yeah. Um, in, in lieu of, of uh, going into too much further details about the last two episodes that you should see, because it's pretty much the the resolution, what happens with the beast, what's up with the woodsman. Uh, all those pieces. Uh, how about some interesting trivia, Gil? I will definitely all right. go for some interesting We talked trivia. about this before. I'm curious how many of these. So during the entire series, Greg is naming his frog as he goes along. <laughs> yeah. And he names him, the, him. Wart. Several names. Okay, we do have Wart. You got George that. Washington. George Washington. Thomas Jefferson. Uh, does not call him Thomas oh, Jefferson. Oh, well, he definitely called Benjamin Franklin. Definitely Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, because he kept picking presidents, and then I don't know where he went from there. Well, Benjamin Franklin was never a president. No, but no, he, but he, he, was, he was elected, right? But he was never actually did it. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, my history is bad. <laughs> uh, oh, the what about the list of names that would be the absolute worst for the frog? Avocado, cucumber, so on. And so <laughs> oh, I don't have that one. Oh man. Not frog. Not frog. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty. Yeah. Kitty. Kitty was, Kitty, Kitty was which, definitely. Which I loved because when I was growing up, I had an iguana and I named her Kitty. <laughs> there you go. All right. The names are Kitty, Wirt, Wirt Jr., George Washington, Mr. President. Benja- oh, Mr. President. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin, Dr. Cucumber, Greg. <laughs> Gr- no, Jr. Greg Jr., Skipper, Ronald, and Jason Funderburger. Yes. <laughs> Jason, oh, that's right. Jason Funderburger. <laughs> How could you be? How could you forget Jason Funderburger? Which was picked actually by Wart. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god. Uh, let's see. It was originally supposed to be 18 episodes. It was shortened I could down to not 10. Imagine how well there must have been a lot cut out then. Yeah. Uh, I want to see the the uncut version of this. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the soundtrack is revealed in Langtree's lament that Jimmy Brown has only been gone for three days. However, Miss Langtree says that it feels like eight. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the original, the unknown was supposed to be a limbo world, and the beast was supposed to be the guide for Wirt and Greg to bring them back to life. Huh. Um, let's see. Uh, one of the episodes that didn't make the final cut was a man who makes dice out of bones of kids. Oh, uh, wow. Gee, I wonder why that was cut. Huh. <laughs> Weird, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Try and come up with uh, some of the more fun pieces of this. Um. Uh, the song that the beast sends throughout the series, Come Wayward Souls, is sung to the same tune as Oh Holy Night. <laughs> I did not even catch <laughs> on to that. Yeah. Probably because I don't know Oh Holy Night all that well either. But uh... And Tavern Keeper is believed to be based on Betty Boop. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. she. De- I was definitely getting Betty Boop vibes oh, from her. totally, totally. Yeah. Oh, and that bit, The Highwayman, actually, was also a really good song in that scene as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And yeah, that is what's been played by Christopher Lloyd. Thank you very much. Three out of two out of thirty-three people found that last one interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stating the obvious on IMDb. Yeah. No, um, no, but uh yeah, uh I honestly was blown away by Auntie Whispers, Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. And and John Cleese voicing more than like one character mm-hmm. in, in that series as well. And that is uh, Over the Garden Wall. I think we can all say definitely watch this one. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. really, it's really good. Like when we, when we saw it, I was like, oh yeah, this is from that thing we saw. It's going to be part of that. And then it was like, oh wow, this keeps going. Um, Yeah. I mean, I do feel like, especially after the ending, I wonder what happens to some of those characters and like the nature of that world, like uh, it does leave me a little bit wondering, like, well, what exactly is this place? What exactly is the unknown? Yeah, I'm. Uh, is there anything on on the on the wiki about about the story itself on whether or not like there's an actual graphic novel or something? Because I feel like it could it was expanded on or it could be expanded on. I think they said they were gonna make it into a comic book series, didn't they, sweetie? Uh, I believe that there was something listed in here. Comic book adaptation, a one-shot comic book adaptation of the show was announced on October uh, 2014, produced by Kaboom, an imprint of Boom Studios. The comic was released in November 5th, 2014, uh, supervised by Mikhail and produced in an oversized special. Comic was illustrated. Success. Success of the series one-shots led to an ongoing series of comics, serving as a sequel and prequel. Uh, the stories are told parallel with half of the comic, uh, detailing Greg returning to mysterious dreamlands in his sleep. The other half chronicles the woodsman's, um, the woodsman's daughter, Anna, and how she becomes lost in the unknown. Hmm. Uh, Okay. Well, I, I'm definitely picking that up. So, because, uh, yeah, I wanted more of this when it was done, but I was also kind of glad for it to be kind of a one-off thing too. Because like a good story can still be a one-off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well get ready because in February 2018, it was announced that a graphic novel would be set for a November 2018 release date. Hey, so there you go. Awesome. Well, I, I know a certain uh, best friend of mine uh, who is going to get that for his belated birthday gift. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah. You got you got a uh, you got 
purchases for November to make. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> and that has been Over the Garden Wall. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, tell your friends, listeners. Tell your friends. And watch it. <laughs> it is It is a good one. Another thing that you should watch um, is going to be... Okay. <laughs> Sabrina. Channeling my inner beast. I'm so lost on what's happening. <laughs> well, you know, spooky. you know what also is very spooky? Your Marriage. Face. No, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage to your face? <laughs> well, someone's getting married to my face. Am I getting married just to your face? You're getting married to my face. Hey, guess what? Sabrina and I are getting married. Nerds. Yeah. What do do? Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. Next episode, October 6th, released on the same day that we are getting married. We're, you're going to be listening to The Corpse Bride. We're going to get hitched. Oh, yeah. Even though The Corpse Bride is totally... <laughs> it's a total wedding appropriate movie. Um, <laughs> About... Sure. It's you a, want to talk about murder on your wedding day. Who or, doesn't? Or being left at the altar. Wah, wah. <laughs> or or discovering that the arranged marriage that you have is actually to the person you love. You that, know. Yeah, the, like, the rare instance of that ever actually happening. <laughs> well, it happens, it happens at times. It can. It's yeah. not all the time, certainly. Not for Di and Charles, but... No. One but, of them died. Ah. Uh, no, I shouldn't joke. Then the other one was in charge. No, right? Uh, no. Charles, Charles, Charles was never in charge. Charles was absolutely never in charge. All right. Uh, we'll tell you what. We will cover The Corpse Bride next episode. So prepare for more of Spook Timber as we go through. Uh, Patreon. Patreon is still a wonderful place with wonderful, wonderful people that we love and adore. And all of them are nice. And You like us. You really, really like us. So thank you to Chuck, Dan, Francis, Item Crafting, Phoenician, and Rodea for going over to patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. Giving a little bit. They get episodes early as well as they get access to the Discord room uh, to hang out, chat, uh, give suggestions for episodes, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you should go do that. Uh, we are over on Twitter at Sat Friends Club, also on dot, uh, dot com, the style with the Sat Friends Club dot com. <laughs> nice, but terrible save. Not, you know, it, it's kind of like if you see somebody like they somebody they get past a basketball and they kind of fumble it in their hands, but then they take it and shoot a uh, shoot a three. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah. After after trying to do a dribble and hitting themselves in a face and then that's <laughs> <laughs> just how sweet their moves are you know? oh yeah totally all Sick right moves bruh <laughs> next episode we will catch you for more saturday friends fun and marriage marriage till then sleep well everyone <laughs>